All right. Welcome to Coffee with Marcus and Mark, the number one stock market show on Spotify and one of the most popular market updates on YouTube. In this show, we talk about what's happening in the markets and how we're trading them. Today is Thursday, May 25th. Is another rate hike coming? We'll take a look at the FOMC minute, see what traders are thinking. Also, debt ceiling gloom. Fitch Ratings puts the US AAA rating on negative watch. NVIDIA goes crazy on earnings. Can it join the trillion dollar club? And semiconductors are on the move. Plus, my wheel portfolio and what I expect heading into the holiday weekend. As you can see, there's a lot to talk about. So let's go ahead and get started. If this is your first time here, my name is Mark Hodge and I'm head coach at Rockwell Trading. I'm running the show solo today, but on most days I'm joined by Rockwell Trading's founder, Marcus Heitkoder. And I promise that you're in good hands, even though it's just myself, because you could say that at Rockwell Trading, we have a ton of trading experience. We know our stuff and we're not afraid to tell it like it is. If you're looking for some honest insights into the world of trading, you've come to the right place. Now, before we dive in and show you our trades and how we're tackling these crazy markets, let's take a look at what's moving the markets today. And let me go ahead and share my screen here. There we go. I have the S&P 500 up uh, daily chart here. And we see that the S&P sliding for two days straight, uh, finishing lower by 0.7% yesterday. There was actually some negative news here uh, in the afternoon uh, when there was a, a headline uh, that Fitch Ratings warned uh, that uh, well, they put the, the AAA rating credit rating for the U.S. on review saying that it is uh, a, basically uh, on a negative watch uh, because of the uh, debt ceiling concern in negotiation, uh, raising the risk of the government uh, you know, credit there uh, and the ongoing debt uh, ceiling negotiation. So it's kind of to be expected. Uh, the concern is that if uh, they're isn't a resolution if that X date comes uh, that it could be an issue. Uh, we know that that's the case, right? And we're hoping that politicians can come to a resolution, which they should do uh, based on the process, how it works, and also uh, what would be detrimental uh, to so much uh, in the markets and, and beyond if they do not come to a resolution. So uh, basically, those uh, credit rating agencies are saying that, hey, this is a potential concern and right now on a negative watch. However, however, some other big news and uh, basically traders saying ah, we don't care about that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But be uh, before we do, let's actually uh, look at the economic calendar here because I want to mention yesterday at uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern time, we had the FOMC meeting minutes release, and we could go ahead and look at a five-minute chart here, see uh, what happened and whether or not there was a reaction. And uh, here we see yesterday we had a gap down, uh, sold off, traded near session lows, and then there was a, a bit of a rally a little bit later in the session. But to be honest, the, the meeting minutes really were a, a little bit mixed and uh, not a big reaction, uh, even though it did show that 
uh, Fed officials had some uncertainty on to uh, whether or not rates should be raised. Um, and up until yesterday, uh, investors in uh, based on Fed funds futures believed that the Fed would not be raising rates at their next meeting. Uh, but after the minutes, things have changed. Uh, here, let me go ahead and refresh this. The probability for a hike at the next meeting, uh, which is in June, is 41% for a hike, 58%, 59% for rates to say the same. But this keeps creeping up. This is getting closer to 50-50. Investors are starting to, to wonder if, uh, yes, the, the Fed will continue to, to raise rates. Uh, with uh, that 2% inflation target, the, the Fed's long-term goal for inflation, uh, not within reach at this point. We could also look at the probabilities because after the Fed minutes, the probabilities changed as well. Uh, we see that uh, we still have the 59% the probability that things will stay the same at the June meeting, but the July meeting now showing that investors based on Fed funds futures or traders based on Fed funds futures expect that the Fed will raise rates a quarter point in July, no August meeting, and then uh, at least based on the probabilities here in September, rates will stay the same in November, a rate cut, but that would be back to where we're at right now. Um, and then uh, another decline in December based on the probabilities here. But I mean, this just goes to show that A, there's a lot of uncertainty around the Fed and inflation and what will happen. But it does seem like traders are kind of wising up to the Fed's comments where they're saying, hey, we're really a, a rate cut isn't uh, on the on the schedule or, or plan for any time soon. And we continue to get some mixed messages here because uh, Christopher Waller, a member of the Fed Board of Governors, said, I do not support halting rate hikes unless there is clear evidence of inflation moving closer to our 2% objective, end quote. So here we have him saying that, you know, basically we're not cutting. The 2% objective is something that they need to target, they need to focus on, even though we might have had peak inflation, even though the numbers are coming down a little bit. Uh, that seems to, to be uh, their, their goal. And we know it is with their dual mandate. There's no surprise there. But then for the other side of the coin, we have Boston Fed President Susan Collins today saying that, quote, I believe we may be at or near the point where monetary policy can pause raising interest rates. This will provide an opportunity to more fully assess the impact of the auction actions taken to date and the general tightening of credit conditions on economic activity, end quote. So you're kind of seeing both sides of the coin. Um, nonetheless, long-term traders are, are focused on the Fed and inflation. What's going on here? Short-term, the flavor of the week up until yesterday afternoon was the debt ceiling and what's going on there. But then NVIDIA joined the party. And let's look at an NVIDIA chart here. Well, let's go to a daily. NVIDIA reporting earnings that just blew away uh, investors' expectations. NVIDIA up 25%. I need to adjust the chart, slide it down so we could show this gap higher. NVIDIA yesterday closing the day at $305.38 a share, and today opening the session at 
right now trading around 383, up 25%. Huge, huge earnings for NVIDIA. They reported better than expected earnings. They also reported better than expected revenue. Uh, but one of the, the big deals here is that they said they should generate at least $11 billion in sales this quarter. And analysts were expecting $7.2 billion. So NVIDIA, big, big winner because of AI demand. Uh, we knew uh, at Rockwell Trading that semiconductors were going to have a good 2023. Semis hit hard in 2022. Marcus had an NVIDIA position. I had an AMD position. We worked through the second half of AMD with those positions, holding on to it. Marcus adding to his NVIDIA position uh, because we believe that uh, semis were going to have a good 2023. But gosh, uh, to believe that NVIDIA would up, be up 100% plus, in 2023, let's see where we're at right now, uh, up 158% year to date. That's just crazy. So huge, huge moves for NVIDIA. Now, with this big move in NVIDIA, we see here that the market caps, almost $950 billion. Uh, So it does look like NVIDIA could be on track to be the next uh, person, person uh, company to joined the trillion dollar club, an exclusive club that was created in 2018 by Apple, uh, the first U.S. Uh, company, publicly traded company to uh, have a, a market cap of one trillion dollars. Also uh, joined by Microsoft, Alphabet and Amazon. It could be that NVIDIA is next. So what a move, what a move. And with NVIDIA's huge rally, other semiconductors are benefiting. So uh, we see here that uh, AMD, as an example, getting a little love. AMD jumping higher, almost 119 a share, uh, almost uh, up 10% on the day. We also have ASML, another one up 5% here. Uh, a few others getting some love. Taiwan Semiconductor, TSM. TSM up 12.5% with NVIDIA making all-time highs. And then we could look at the uh, semiconductor ETF, SMH is the ticker, up uh, 7.5%, almost 8% on uh, this, this big move here, approaching highs that we haven't seen since March of 2022. So a big day for semiconductors, big day for NVIDIA. Uh, and uh, what? What is showing? What is showing? So let's take a look at my portfolio. So what, what does this mean for me and my AMD trade? And uh, let's go back here. I want to go to my portfolio. And there are four positions that I'm in right now. Uh, four, two positions, technically two open trades. So AMD, I own shares of AMD. I've sold the 103 calls. Uh, PNC, I have a position there that uh, right now I uh, am not in a position to sell calls, at least uh, for my plan, it doesn't make sense to. So I'm holding there now uh, on, uh, well, yesterday, actually, yesterday I sold the 2750 strike for Suncor Energy. I've traded Suncor a few times and I like the 2750 for next Friday. Uh, so right now, Suncor at 2840, down a little bit today, 
uh, energy down. So a lot of uh, oil and gas stocks popping up on our, our scanner today. Uh, Suncor, I like the fundamentals. I like the chart, like the 2750. Marcus was a little more aggressive yesterday, selling the 28 for next Friday. Now with the 28, Marcus was able to collect more premium, right? So you fly a little closer to the sun, you could get a little more premium. Uh, but I like the 2750 chart wise. And this is where risk tolerance, everybody uh, is just a little bit different with their trading plan. For me personally, I tend to prefer to go a little bit further away with the strike price. So if there is a pullback, um, it's uh, you, you're not getting assigned right away. Or if you do get assigned, you're more likely, in my opinion, based on my experience, that you get a drift back up when uh, support is tested or potentially broken. Uh, so Suncor is an open position for me. We could also look at SYY. Uh, Cisco, this is a trade that Marcus and I both took this week. We sold the 70 put for next Friday. Now, if I look at my asset correlation here, we see that this is a really nice mix here, uh, all green. Now, the asset correlation tool in PowerX Optimizer lets us compare the type of moves that we would see from one stock to the next. And so the idea here is that we can reduce portfolio risk by making sure that our positions are not too correlated. Now, if you're trading correlated positions and the, everything's going up, you're happy. But if you're trading correlated positions and your portfolio is, is having a huge drag, right? And so what we like to do is make sure that uh, things aren't as correlated. So you get a little more of a balance. And uh, by doing so, you have less exposure or risk when uh, rather than just having everything be dragged down because everything's in one portfolio. So our cutoff for uh, something to watch and to be on the radar is 0 0.5. Uh, 0.65 is a rule for us. Uh, 0.65 would be a no for me if I see a correlation of 0.65. And we see here there's a really, really nice mix here. Uh, so for me, this is looking good. Now, when it comes to the portfolio, AMD is really uh, likely at this point to be called away because I sold the 103 calls for this Friday. Now, yesterday I had an opportunity to roll if I wanted to uh, for another week, but I've been in this trade for a while and I mentioned that I'm ready to let this go. We talked about this in our mastermind uh, call this morning and sometimes you see a move like this and it's easy to have seller's remorse. Uh, either you get out of a trade too soon or if you uh, get uh, if you sell calls and, and it's a strike that's it's a little bit low and now you're getting called away instead of benefiting from this rallying gain. Uh, there, there's two things that I want to address here. One, I only sell calls at a strike price that I am OK getting called away at. And I think that this is crucial if you're trading the wheel strategy or if you're just selling covered calls, right? If you own shares, uh, a lot of people have shares that they really don't want to let go and they're selling calls just to create a little income. Uh, well, in that case, don't sell calls at strikes that you are uncomfortable or don't want uh, to have your shares called away at, right? And for me, this is a very important rule because I see time and time again, traders will focus more on the premium rather than uh, the, the strike 
And yes, the premium might be great if the, the stock's down and it's going nowhere and you're thinking, oh, I need to do something. Uh, but then next thing you know, there is a break to the upside and you are stuck, right? You either have to go so far out in time to roll to collect a small credit or you're just each week just trying to put a Band-Aid on it when if you just waited to sell calls, you'd be better off. Now, do I regret uh, selling calls at 103? Actually, no, right? And this isn't easy to do, but this is something that I've learned and trained myself to do as a trader, and that is to focus on the information you have when you put a trade on, right? Uh, and when I put this trade on, there, there's no guarantee that uh, AMD is going up to 120 and it could fall back to 100. It could go down to 85. There's no guarantees, right? So we need to base our decisions on what's available, uh, our experience and our plan. Uh, for me, I've tested different scenarios. So uh, yes, past performance is not indicative of future results, but I see time and time again that by having a plan here that like we have with our wheel strategy and what we do, that we can take profits out of the market. Now with the wheel strategy, this is meant to be a strategy for a market that is drifting higher or sideways, not one that's taking off with these huge volatile moves. And I know it can be a little tough when you see a move like this, but I'm not worried about it because in the moment for me selling the 103 call was appropriate. It was the best thing for me to do based on my plan. So no, I, I don't have seller's remorse here. This is Forgive me, this is a dumb analogy, but I mentioned it in our mastermind call today. And it, it, does, it does sum up the strategy and why you can't try to overlap strategies. You have to understand what you're trading and what your objectives are, right? So the wheel strategy, it's kind of like having your, you know, let's let's say you want uh, to have some dessert every every evening after your dinner, right? So you have your little bowl of ice cream every day. You get that ice cream every day. You can have that that taste. You could have that little dessert if you're a sweet tooth, and it's consistent every every day. You're good, right? Where if you're looking at these big breakout strategies and trend following strategies, and and you're looking for these huge moves, uh, they do not occur too often. Like I I saw that with Nvidia. I was just looking at uh, calls on Nvidia yesterday. I was curious. Um, and I want to say that the 170 calls were going for like a quarter. Uh, don't quote me on it. Either way, it was cheap. And, and you could have bought like 50 of those and just made a killing, right? But that is like uh, your birthday cake coming your way once a year, right? So do you want your nice little ice cream every day where you're content, you're happy, it does exactly what you need or do you want to hope that you get a big fat birthday cake once a year? I like the consistency. I, I'm sorry, stupid analogy, but we 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 can't have our cake and eat it too. Well, you can kind of, but uh, you can't have both, right? Uh, that would be another strategy. Uh, and with this type of strategy, looking for this type of move and expecting this type of move, you're hitting home runs every now and then. I'm trying to get base hits. I find that that is easier for a nice portfolio for the consistency. That's what we like to do here with the wheel strategy. That's what we're after. That's why we sell puts to start the trade. That's why we sell calls once we're in the trade. And for me, it's perfectly fine if this breaks to the upside. Now with AMD, I'm going to be able to close a trade for a nice profit. 
And now I have an open position. Well, I don't want to count my uh, chickens before they hatch. But based on my portfolio, I am expecting that I get called away in AMD. Now I have an open position for me to position myself in another trade, a better trade that I can uh, put to use, sell calls, collect premium, and reach my goals. So anyway, uh, just thought I'd, I'd mention that there. Nice, nice move in the semiconductors. AMD, hey, uh, it's been nice knowing you. <laughs> so uh, let's go back to the economic calendar here. Uh, just to uh, quickly show what's going on next week. So nothing Monday. Uh, we do have consumer confidence on Tuesday. Jolt's job openings on Wednesday. ADP, non-farm employment on Thursday. And we have the jobs report on Friday of next week. So this is always a biggie. Uh, jobs for, for next week and Monday market holiday. Uh, so enjoy the extra day there. Enjoy the weekend. And we will, well, no, what the heck am I doing? It's just Thursday. I'll see everybody back here on Friday. I'll see you tomorrow. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. If you like the content, you like going through some uh, opportunities and, and uh, trades that we're looking at, uh, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. We'll be back with more content and we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, happy trading, everybody.